What's up, everybody? Are you tuning in to the Challenge USA on CBS? Well, tune in to me, Tyson Apostle, as I break down each and every episode with my co-host, Amelia Wedemeyer. I'm also a contestant on the show, which gives you all the insider scoop. Amelia, how stoked are you to do this? Tyson, I'm freaking excited. I cannot wait to sit my butt down every single week to watch the show, then come here and recap it with you on the Ringer Reality TV podcast. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. The Trial by Content, the podcast where we force our favorite pop culture to compete in the Coliseum of Contentious Opinion so we can all decide what wins. Each week, your three humble hosts will debate a pop culture topic, set the specific rules, and rumble until a consensus is reached. Then, with input from you, the listener base, we'll smash together our nominations with yours and determine a final four-nominee poll that will decide the one true Trial by Content winner. Those are the rules, and I'm Dave Gonzalez. I'm Joanna Robinson. And I'm Neil Miller. This week, we're going to spoil some of the best television series of all time, like this. Bob Newhart was dreaming. It was all in the imagination of a child, maybe also named St. Elsewhere. Who cares? Uh, we'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. You can't take a picture of this. It's already gone. Meet your dad in the church. Don't stop. That's right. We're debating the best TV series <laughs> finale ever, and we're going to let you decide. But first, Joanna, how did our capes and cowls do last week? with best TV series adapted from a comic book. Uh, like my heart is thrilled to announce to you that um, friend of a former part of ours, uh, David Lindelof had a great week last week because our listener submitted Watchmen and it just crushed the poll. 43.6% of all those went to Watchmen, an incredible TV series. And I have no sour grapes at all about coming in second place to that because that is a great great win uh x-men the animated series though did come in second place with 23 percent of the vote that was my submission neil came swinging in with the uh the devil of hell's kitchen daredevil not in a yellow suit but in a red suit 22.7 percent <laughs> of the vote and um i don't know because people don't like women i don't know what to tell you dave came in dead last with 9.9 percent of the vote for wandavision mm -hmm, that's it it was sexism <laughs> You got it. That's how I got 10% of the vote. 
I just, you know, you live in the Marvel world long enough. You think everybody likes WandaVision the best, but uh, that's that's an echo chamber for you. No, that's just you and me. And when we talk about, uh, you know, Marvel TV, <laughs> we got to drop the hex wall <laughs> and remember what the real world's like outside of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. So this week we are talking about finales. And the reason we're talking about finales, series finales, um, is because we are one week away from the series finale of Better Call Saul, which is the Breaking Bad prequel series that has been running on AMC for the last several seasons. And um, I'm not going to spoil what's going on in Better Call Saul because I think a bunch of people are waiting for it to drop as a binge on Netflix um, is what I've heard chatter on the street. Um, But it is incredible. (laughs) And like this week's episode, which was the penultimate episode, like made my entire body tense up for an hour. And I am dreading and eagerly anticipating the finale. I think it's going to be an all-timer. We're going to talk about the Gilligan-verse a little bit more, the Vince Gilligan-verse a little bit more uh, on this podcast. But um, I guess I just want to start by asking you guys, I mean, first of all, if you have any vague Better Call Saul thoughts or feelings to share. I'm not sure either of you are watching it, though. So probably not. Cricket sounds, Dave. (laughs) Nothing. <laughs> I like the Vince Gilligan verse, but uh, I have not better called Saul. You know what uh, is good about Vince Gilligan shows and why I understand the people who are binging on Netflix is because that episode that you're describing is going to make my body tense up as well, but I'm going to immediately be able to figure out what happens. And that's very, very helpful. I think I watched, I went from not watching Breaking Bad at all until in between seasons, there was a hurricane in New York and I was just like, oh, this hurricane, I'm going to watch as much Breaking Bad as I can and caught all the way up. And it was a tense hurricane season. And then I lived with like a year and a half of being tense week to week. I don't necessarily need to do that to myself. Yeah, I mean, that that's the that's the very classic uh, Breaking Bad story. They got the Netflix bump. Like one of the first shows to get the Netflix bump was Breaking Bad when it all dropped on Netflix. But um, I, I, I understand the reason to binge a, a Gilligan verse show that it is very tense and very stressful and you wanted to know just what happens. But as with Breaking Bad, what I will say for Better Call Saul is that it is an incredibly rich text. There's a lot to dig into every week. There's so many like interesting visual things going on, um, a million different buried callbacks that are not just like the like hit you over the head with a callback, but just sort of really buried references to earlier texts, whether it's Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul uh, in the show. So I I really, really recommend it. Um, you know, uh, watch watch Better Call Saul. Are you going to catch up before next week's finale? Probably not, but you know, there technically you could if you wanted to. So that's, yeah. that's I, where we are. It's funny you mentioned that because I feel like right before this season started airing, because I've only ever seen like I want to say most of the first season, and then I sort of dropped off because I had other stuff going on, and uh, always always wanted to come back to Saul and. There was a point where I was like, all right, how many episodes are in this final season? I got eight to 10 weeks, it's 50 hours of catch up, and it just sort of fell apart. So I'm I'm also in that, that boat where I'm waiting for it to all be on a streaming service so I can just go right through, which is weird because as I'm sure you're about to discover on this podcast, huge Breaking Bad fan over here. So it's always been sort of a weird outlier for me that I did not get into or catch all of Better Call Saul. But, uh, I, you know, just gives me something to look forward to. Oh, yeah. And I'm glad it's getting to exit out on its own terms because like Breaking Bad uh, prequel series, there was always the possibility that it was, you know, riding some sort of high and petered out. And so I'm glad it didn't. And now we just have a whole second volume of things that we love to go through. 
things that petered out isn't necessarily on subject for this week's debate. <laughs> I think there are a lot of people who love Breaking Bad who have not tried out Better Call Saul, and that is fine. Um, but there also are a lot of people who watch Better Call Saul and think it's better than Breaking Bad. And I might be one of them because I think they just have refined a lot of their ideas and a lot of their messaging and a lot of their visuals. And so I think it's just even like an even tighter show, even if it isn't like the cultural juggernaut that Breaking Bad was. Um, So we are going to talk about some cultural juggernauts today. Like uh, one of the pleasures of a series finale is the, is if it's a show that everyone's watching together, like, of course, that's an enormous amount of pressure. And of course, we're going to talk about a few things that might've belly flopped right at the end, but um. But I think that that pleasure in sort of wrapping up a story all together rather than like binging at different times is, uh, you know, is is a waxing and waning part of our TV culture that we like mm. to talk about. Um, but I guess, I mean, we're going to talk about some of this in debate, but I just wanted to, before we get into it, like Neil, ask you, what do you feel like you're looking for in a in a series finale in general, like a good series finale? Yeah, I mean, you obviously want something... Uh, especially for these big, iconic shared experiences, right? It's just great to go through that with a large group of people. Uh, it's one of the things the internet has given us that is a positive. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you're looking for maybe a little bit of closure, right? You want to close some arcs. I think a lot of more recent shows are still leaving some questions hanging because nothing ever ends anymore. <laughs> so I have often appreciated the finales that are like, nope, this is it. There's not any more to this story. Um, so yeah, and I think a lot of a lot of the ones that I was watching in prep for this do a good job of balancing the sort of immediate nostalgia of remembering things that happened either in the final season or throughout the show with giving us a whole episode of television, like giving us enough new content uh, in that episode. That's not, it's not just looking back the entire time. So I think that's important. And uh, you know, I think if, if I was to pick the, the secret weapon of any great finale, it might be score because mm, every okay, single, Neil. Don't, every no, single no one of these, I think. No, 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 no pre-arguing. No, no that's fine. <laughs> Go ahead, Neil. Don't you no, think I mean, the score is like super integral to the there, overall finale? There are filmmaking elements that get into some of our great finales. Score, needle drops, anything to make an iconic moment um, in those I, finales. I regret but, opening this door. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, you want closure and you want a, a high quality you know, episode, you, you want to feel like you got the best last effort of, of whatever characters you've been holding on to for all those years, you know? Dave, I wanted to ask you a similar question, but like more, more to pick up something that Neil was saying, which is like, do you think a finale should be plot heavy or do you want it sort of, would you rather a show sort of peak plot wise in the penultimate and then give us a lot of like wrap up and goodbye with these characters that we love? Or would you rather just have plot coursing all the way through with goodbyes wrapped up into it or no goodbyes at all? I mean, I think it's a case by case basis, obviously, because then I get to be right no matter what happens. (laughs) But um, I do feel like the less plot, the, the execution of your plot uh, could sort of uh, vary wildly, but I feel like the less plot uh, that it absolutely needs might be better uh, because ideally the finale, you know, not only is it a really good episode, but it's a really good 
representation of what the series is overall, while Neil was saying providing some closure on most things, but maybe not all things. Um, so the idea that that needs to do everything in one episode is a heavy lift for any episode of television, especially for a finale. So I almost feel like there are types of uh, television finales that are really trying to be the cap off of the entire show. And there are uh, certain types of television finales that are more worried about maybe uh, character beats and where characters need to end up Mm. at the end than they are about the plot of what the ending is. Excellent. Well, I'm really excited to talk about this with you guys. I, I'm like, the one thing I will say, you mentioned, Neil, that the internet has gifted us with this communal experience of watching finale. But I have to say, like, and I think it's, we're going to talk about, uh, never mind, I'll say this for later for when we talk about one of our submissions. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Neil, uh, let's get into the submissions. But first, what are what are the rules this week? Well, the rules are on the surface very simple because your choice for the best TV series finale must be the series finale of an existing television show. Now, there are some that have been carried on in different ways, uh, be it a television movie or prequels, sequels, but we're talking about the core series finale. And I think we've done a pretty good job of of keeping everything in the rules. Uh, but first, some awards, of course. We have to give away category crown, which this week goes to perhaps the longest reigning champ of everybody who was alive at the time watched this thing, uh, which is this the series finale of MASH, which is a series, uh, a long-running Korean War set dramedy starring Alan Alda. Ran for 11 seasons, 256 episodes. And on February 28th, 1983, this is pre my entire life, uh, 105 million people tuned in to CBS Mm. to uh, say goodbye to MASH. And uh, so, you know, it may not be the best uh, in quality, but it is a long reigning, huge cultural event. Uh, so it wins our category crown this week. Shout out to the mash finale. Uh, and our category clown, uh, we're switching up. Normally I would pick this, but this one comes in an email from listener Travis. And I thought it was just right for category clown this week. So here's what Travis had to say. I'm not sure if this is a protocol violation, but I would very much like to nominate a category clown. How I Met Your Mother spent nine years and 208 episodes (laughs) on character development and growth, then abruptly ignored all of it for the sake of sticking to a gimmick they concocted nearly a decade before they even decided to end the show. For some inexplicable reason, this includes unceremoniously killing off the titular character. So Ted's happily ever after, the driving force of the entire series, didn't even last one episode. Many series finale have been poorly received, but was anyone else so awful that they had to include corrections in their home media release? (laughs) Travis, this uh, far and away, I would say, a clown of this category, the How I I Met Your Mother finale. I don't don't remember the corrections that they included. What did they do? I don't remember this either. Um, Do you remember Dame at all? Uh, I assume it was for like a DVD release. I mean, Travis is telling himself that he bought the final season of How I Met Your Mother on home video release. Uh, I certainly, having watched it live, would never do that. So I, I don't know what that's in relationship to. Yeah. But I was watching that live. Yeah, I didn't know anyone who was angrier at that finale than than Dave Gonzalez. So, sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, so um, who knows? We'll have to dig into that. Maybe it's on the commentary somewhere. Uh, this, this week's Category Clown also has a runner-up. 
And I don't want to do too much time on this because I'm sure we will have plenty of time to discuss this at some point. Uh, but Game of Thrones is the most mm. recent big example of one mm. that 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 showed up with a big finale, lots of hype, and uh, let us down. Although I will say for Game of Thrones, it was well before the final episode that we knew that was going off the rails in season eight, uh, I think. So uh, it's not necessarily all on the final episode. It's it's those last couple. In uh, in the home media release of How I Met Your Mother, they included mm, yes. an alternate ending to the series finale. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> yeah, tough one. Tough one. Is that what, that, that was them trying to get me to buy the home media release. Right. I see. So imagine, if he did this. imagine if the Sopranos had like included an alternate ending where like, <laughs> we you see Tony see, and You want to see what happens? <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, Joanna, I'm glad you mentioned The Sopranos because uh, it is the leadoff hitter in our 10 pretrial dismissals this week. And these are 10 shows that did not make the debate. They will not, they're none of the listener choices or our choices, but you may be surprised that they did not make the debate. That includes, of course, The Sopranos, Six Feet Under, Sia, that, that Sia song, really not doing it for people anymore. Uh, the Leftovers, speaking of our previous week winner, uh, Damon Lindelof, I was yeah. kind of surprised. This quick, one. Quick point of order. The Leftovers mm-hmm. would be on here were it not for something else we're going to talk about. So Sure, yes. And Leftovers did garner uh, emails. We did get emails for most of these. I love that um, finale. It's great. Great finale. great finale. Star Trek: The Next Generation. Uh, prob- can't pick Star Treks anymore. Probably never going in a poll again. But <laughs> yeah. Star Trek, high quality. Uh, we also have The Americans, which has a, a really great finale. I think we uh, we may have even mentioned that one in a previous debate. Uh, shout out to our Canadian friends and Shit's Creek, the mm. wedding episode to close out Shit's Creek. Really fantastic, sweet episode. Uh, we have Twin Peaks, which is another one that uh, even the end of Twin Peaks wasn't the end of Twin Peaks. So it came back much later. So maybe people don't think about that finale quite as much. Uh, Futurama, which I don't remember the entire Futurama finale, but... Uh, which finale? Yeah, there right. was which, at least which three finale? I think I watched. <laughs> Uh, and then two shows that definitely had real finales, Mad Men, which reminded us to have a Coke and a smile and Scrubs, which, uh, I'm told made a lot of people cry. I never actually finished stro- Scrubs, but, uh, <laughs> so there you have it. 10 sort of big ones that are not going to be discussed. I, say, I tried really hard to get cheers on this list and Neil was like, no, in favor of like Scrubs, Scrubs. which he didn't watch. Okay. So there you go. The last minute 11th entry is cheers. Cheers, yeah. (laughs) Well, here's the good news about the pre-trial dismissals this week. They're all great. Mm -hmm. If you want to watch them, this is a great podcast for you because we're not going to spoil these. Sure. Uh, I'm afraid we're going to have to talk about what happens in at least the finale episodes, but probably a little bit of the series for our other entries. So if any of those... Sound like television shows you want to engage with. Uh, we give them our stamp of approval, uh, but they're just—they're just not. We're not going to spoil them for you. We're going to get to the spoiling, but more importantly, the debate as we try to see if one of us this week. Pick the thing that's going to beat the listener. (laughs) Let's find out. Uh, Each host is going to have about one minute to pitch their initial choice. There's going to be a sound clip. 
And the order is going to start with Joanna Robinson, who came in second place last week. Hello, I'm here to talk to you about the hour-long finale of the four-season NBC sitcom The Good Place. Mike Shore's uh, fantastic examination of the afterlife and morality. Um, And Lost is a TV show that we, three of us, have spent a long time talking about. We may talk about it again before this podcast is over. But The Good Place is in close conversation with Lost. And both shows, spoiler alert for The Good Place right now, deal with the concept of the afterlife and something that The Good Place accomplished in this hour long, which is about our heroes have made it through a lot of trials in terms of testing their own morality and whether or not they deserve to go to quote unquote heaven and whether or not heaven as a concept is something that needs fixing. And they spend an eternity an undefinable bear me amount of time in the afterlife. And once they're done with that, they then have the choice to go through a door and release themselves into the universe as energy back into the universe. And it is such a, like this episode is so beautiful. We can say goodbye one by one to all of our characters as they make this choice about when it is that they want to go back into the universe's energy. And this show is so beautiful that I believe it taught me the concept of what I believe like death in the afterlife actually is. This finale taught that to me in a beautiful speech by the character Chidi. But I'm not, that's not the clip I'm going to play for you because, oh. <laughs> because the good A, it's long, and B, the good place uh, is also a comedy and not just supposed to make you cry. So here's a summary from Chidi's uh, longtime love, Eleanor. Play the clip, Carlos. What do you think happens when people walk through the door? It's the only thing in the universe I don't know. I don't know either. The wave returns to the ocean. What the ocean does with the water after that is anyone's guess. But as a very wise, not robot once told me, the true joy is in the mystery. Do you mind if I stay here until you're gone? Only if you say that thing I taught you. I hate to see you walk through the final door at the edge of existence, but I love to watch you leave. There we go. <laughs> the good place. What a delight. <laughs> All right. I guess that's, that means it's my turn. Indeed. Well, I will admit this is a really tough one this week because like the question, what is your favorite movie? My answer evolves and ebbs and flows. And could any one time be one of at least five shows, including probably the shows that my co-hosts are nominating this week. But in the end, I remembered that this will all be decided by a Twitter poll for the most part. And I have never lost a Twitter poll involving this show about a high school chemistry teacher who breaks bad and ruins literally everyone's life in the process. I am speaking, of course, of Breaking Bad and its finale, Felina. It's an incredible piece, uh, an incredible final piece to what I think is an immaculate puzzle of a final season. It's got Walt doing creepy stuff to Gretchen and Elliot, getting revenge on Lydia, (laughs) building a homemade trunk gun, murdering an entire gang of Nazis and setting Jesse free, which I think is extremely important. But before he gets to most of that, he stops by to say a final goodbye to the person I would say most victimized by Walt's dark path, his uh, ex-wife at that point, Skylar. Let's listen to this moment between Walter White and Skylar. Skylar. 
all the things that I did. You need to understand. I have to hear one more time that you did this for the family. I did it for me. I liked it. I was good at it. And I was really I was alive. Yeah, he was. He was alive as Heisenberg. It's a very emotional, cathartic way to end the series with tons of action and violence. Uh, some simple action and violence. And uh, yeah, Breaking Bad, just one of the all-time great finales that you're ever going to see. Uh, a, a perfect way to end what I consider to be a pretty perfect season of television, the final season of Breaking Bad. All right, everyone just goes for as long as they want and plays their clip and keeps talking. Here we go. You're going to hear <laughs> what are the and you've already anymore? heard. <laughs> Listen, you're going to hear and you've finale. already heard a lot about a lot of good. Hey, hey, this is my time All with right. the uninterrupted one minute. Here we go. <laughs> you're going to hear and you've already heard a lot of good television about a lot of good television shows. And a good finale on top of a good television show is some of the best television possible. That's why I'm choosing a 2008 experience that still sticks with me. Sozin's Comet, the almost two hour long finale episode for Avatar, The Last Airbender. It has conclusions to most of the stories we've been waiting to see concluded for all three seasons. Aang, who has lost his ability to go in the Avatar state, has to face Fire Lord Ozai. Mark Hamill. Zuko makes peace with Iroh, who unleashes the White Lotus made up of our favorite masters from all three seasons. Then Zuko and Katara go to fight Azula for the title of Fire Lord, as the rest of our team goes to save the Earth Kingdom and support Aang in his battle. Not only is it the peak of story, it has some of the best animated action sequences ever. It has an amazing score by the track team, and some great character moments that aren't action moments, like Aang speaking to his past, or Azula's banish-happy, bad hair-cunting descent into madness. (laughs) Sozin's Comet is efficient and only spends time on meaningful stories that the audience is invested in. Don't care about Zuko's mom? The series isn't going to answer that question. But it is going to invent energy bending. It's peak bending. Peak Aang. Great top one-liners. Sozin's Comet for the win. Roll that clip. Maybe you can help me. Everyone, even my own past lives, are expecting me to end someone's life. But I don't know if I can do it. The true mind can weather all the lies and illusions without being lost. The true heart can tough the poison of hatred without being harmed. Since beginningless time, darkness thrives in the void, but always yields to purifying light. Spikes the microphone. Can I tell you about a TikTok I saw the other day? Sure. Sure. Um, all right. So Aang goes through this whole thing and he decides after all this death and destruction that Fire Lord Ozai has wrought upon the world, he, Aang, cannot kill Fire Lord Ozai, but rather he will depower Fire Lord Ozai. And that is the big move here at the end of the series, right? hmm I saw a great TikTok where it was like <laughs> Suki and Toph being like, um... Oh, Aang, we didn't get, we killed a lot of people. We killed so (laughs) many people in this finale, trying to make it so that you could sit high on your horse and make the choice not to kill Fire Lord Ozai. They brought down like three airships full of people in order to Mm -hmm. make that happen. So um, They did, airship slice. Yeah, so tell me, um, (laughs) 
Does it matter that like the the gang, uh, the Ang gang, killed a bunch of people uh, in service of Ang's decision here? Uh, I mean, I don't think so because the White Lotus also goes and you know basically kills some firebenders or puts them in situations that would lead to a regular person's death. So I would assume they did die because the White Lotus is the best. Uh, no, that's war, Joanna. I mean, it would have been really crazy, right? If it was like, Aang, you're our, you know, spiritual guide. Because he is, the Avatar's a spiritual guide. He's not like a monarch. He's supposed to influence like the greater directions. If he was suddenly like, I'm just like you, kill. Then it's, it's, okay. it's, it's completely different. Follow question. Let's say World War II happened, which it did. Um, mm-hmm. If at the end, all these soldiers died and then we're like, not you, Hitler. You're fine. Does that feel good? Here's what I think should have happened. Katara should have blood bent the <laughs> shit out of us. Like, uh, Aang doesn't want to get his hands dirty. That's fine. Katara's like, I know blood bending. Get out of my way. Like, leaving Ozai alive. Uh, it, feels, it feels like the enlightened thing to do. By the way, incredible three episodes of television smooshed together into a finale. Incredible action. <laughs> Love this show. Well, I, I like the series. Feels- <laughs> I just stand against the whole point of the series. <laughs> Everyone else killed so many people. Yeah, sometimes people die, but if the choice, is, when you have the choice to kill somebody or to not kill somebody, when it is us or them, and you decide you don't have to because you're the avatar... That's supposed to be the, you know, Aang grows up in that moment. He's still a kid throughout the whole thing. He makes kid decisions. The way he deals with not wanting to kill anybody is, first of all, not telling anybody that he hasn't, you know, like the whole beginning of this is he's like, oh, I'll just attack, you know, I'll attack the Fire Lord Ozai after the comet. And Suko's like, uh, man, he's going to burn everything. And Aang goes into a crisis of conscience because he doesn't want to kill somebody. He disappears until the ending fight, and everyone just assumes Aang's going to show up with the solution. So maybe if they had talked about it, his friends could have been like, we're killing people, shouldn't you kill somebody? And maybe had a little bit more of an argument. Uh, but like Communication, I, I, not key in this in this show, Dave. Isn't communication <laughs> like your number one most important thing between characters? Sure, but I mean, we're also talking about a show that has a whole episode where they just hang out on a beach. So like <laughs> that, that happens, the communication happens. Now we need to get to the end game. We have a ticking clock that starts in the beginning of the series and closes it out. So a lot of our like internal plots are wrapped up to a certain degree. All that we have to do when we get to this finale is deliver on the promise of the entire series, which is that the Avatar is going to fight the Fire Lord, and then just play the hits. And they do in an amazing way that I think encompasses all three seasons, uh, even though Avatar The Last Airbender is a show that gets more contemplative uh, as it goes on. That first season, really a romp. They yada, yada, yada over some genocide, but then there's a romp. <laughs> um, and Neil, can I ask you a question? Sure. Um, are you aware of the fact that like some people believe that Breaking Bad really ended um, two episodes before it's ending? That they like that they're like that's the real finale of Breaking Bad. <laughs> I mean, listen, people are free to consume things in any way that they want. I really only need Vince Gilligan's word for it uh, as like, hey, this is the finale. But I also think that. I don't know, you you get you gain a lot from spending time with Walt as his most at his most like 
shuffling along. Uh, I think I, I just, I was really struck by that scene where he sneaks into Gretchen and Elliot's house and they're standing there in their, uh, kitchen having this, you know, conversation that doesn't matter. But Walt is like right there. And it, to me, that feels like the culmination of, you know, the, both the power that he achieves over the course of the series and sort of the, the reason why Walt was able to get this far down such a dark path is because there, there is something about him that people never expected to, to turn in this way, right? It's, it's the whole breaking bad thing. This is the last guy you would expect to break bad and he breaks the worst. He breaks the hardest. Um, and it's just this really sort of creepy episode where a lot of it is moving slow, but they accomplish a lot. Walt does his, his apology tour. And then, you know, ending by murdering a, an entire clubhouse full of Nazis is always going to be very high on my list of <laughs> things a TV show can do to make me always remember how it ended. So you'll, you'll never forget the machine gun in the trunk thing. So yeah, I mean... I disagree. I think this is a great I, finale. I will say that I don't, I mean, so this is something that, that, um, Chris Ryan, and Andy Greenwald talk about a lot on the watch, especially as we're covering the end of better call Saul, this like triple ending of breaking bad. Cause you've got mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson's incredible episode, Ozymandias, which I think is the best episode of breaking bad that some people like could, this is when like Walt leaves his family, like mm-hmm. understands that he has to leave. So that could be an ending. And then you've got the Peter Gould uh, written and directed Granite State, which is Walt languishing in cancer-riddled obscurity um, in New Hampshire, in a cabin in New Hampshire. And then you've got Felina, which is the finale, which is Walt gets to come back and be the hero. He gets to like do this big sort of action hero thing. And I remember the time like Emily Nussbaum wrote this thing in the New Yorker where she was like, uh, I feel like that's a fantasy. Like Walt, Walt, like this is a dream that Walt might have sure. that he gets to come back and be the hero and rescue Jesse and reckon like at least apologize to Skylar and have his big moment um, with the like two business partners who wronged him and get his like one up on them. And then he dies, you know, surrounded by um, the meth that he loved and created. And I, I don't know, like, I don't know how I feel, but I just think that's such an interesting experience that people go through at the end Mm -hmm. of Breaking Bad. To your point, Vince Gilligan has never been like, yes, there are three endings to my show. (laughs) I think that's an interesting way that people have absorbed it, you know? You know, it goes back to something you all were talking about a little bit earlier, which is this idea of like, where does... Where does the plot hit its peak, right? What is the the climax of that season? And I would agree that it's in Ozymandias. Like that is the sort of last huge climax of Breaking Bad. So the last two episodes are sort of the fallout episodes, but I've, I always appreciated that, right? I don't know if I like uh, a TV show that's like, we need to do our huge climax and get everything done right here at the end uh, in this final episode. I think that's probably one of the big things that that went wrong with thrones where it was like you just needed more runway to to let these things fall out uh so breaking bad got that i also think it's yes it's true Walt gets to come back and and do a couple heroic things but only in the saddest way possible like only in you know that last moment with jesse is not a celebratory thanks for saving me walt it is jesse deciding that he's not gonna shoot walt in the head and he's just gonna let him bleed out and suffer for everything that he did. So I, I've always appreciated the nuance of, of letting Walt go back and have this weird fantasy where he's the hero, but none of it 
is like a happy thing. You know, it's there's, it's all the saddest possible version. There's this interesting um thing that happened in Better in Better Call Saul last week. This isn't a spoiler for Better Call Saul necessarily, but like Saul calls back home to Albuquerque and he gets the update on everyone. And basically mm-hmm. they did a like how I met your mother home release finale <laughs> where they like tied up and like addressed all the bad theories. So they're like, mm-hmm. yep, Walt's definitely dead. Cause there's some people who are like, did he sure. actually die? I don't know. And they're like, <laughs> no, Huel is not still in that safe house. He's fine. like in like, Oh, Skylar did this. Like there's a whole phone call where they're like, here, let us address all your like bananas, bad theories. Uh, you whack. Breaking Bad fans uh, that I thought was really funny. I like um, that. I mean, listen, Better Call Saul may end up being the better show. You know, I think that's entirely possible because they have, as a storytelling team, really refined what they're doing. Um, but we don't get Saul without Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah. And, and I think uh, there is an element for me, I think, of the time when breaking bad ended was sort of this felt like this peak time for big finales, letting us down. And there was a lot of reverberations from another show. We're probably going to talk about here in a little bit, but like (laughs) stuff like BSG, we we'd gone through like this 10 year period of some big finales, having some divisive, like really divisive um, reactions. And for the most part, I remember people liking breaking bad. I mean, it, it felt very cathartic. To, to, to let Breaking Bad go. Um, and uh, I thought they did a good job. Yeah, I think one thing with Breaking Bad that it like sort of that it used positively in response to some of those big early uh, century finales kind of bombing is we got like sort of this uh, bad idea uh, egg to talk about Legion again for some reason in our minds as an audience that uh, the ideal show knows where it's going from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And of our three choices, I think mine is the only one that even had an inkling of where it was actually going to end up, uh, sort of by the nature of it being like a adventure sort of fantasy show. Breaking Bad, very specifically, the method of like Vince Gilligan writing is like, write yourself into that corner. You're going to make better TV like coming out of it. And then The Good Place, I don't, I mean, I I really like the finale episode, uh, but I do remember when the fourth season was airing, sort of feeling like the middle was uh, groping for what oh, the season was about. Oh, I'm not here to defend the middle of season four of The Good Place. <laughs> I'm here to talk about how the finale made me feel. And I I vehemently disagree that ideal television knows where it's going at the beginning. And also, I'm saying, I called it a bad idea egg, but that's sort of what people took out of loss out of BSG or whatever. They're like... No, they screwed up the landing because, like, we should, like, there should have been a box that, what you know, David Lindelof yeah. had the final plot of Lost in. Yeah. Uh, and they were just, like, writing to that. But the reality that we've learned, well, we should have known all along if you knew anything about TV production. But I think that we've learned as an audience is that it's actually more rewarding if the show is allowed to both respond to how the audience is responding to it mm-hmm. and respond to things that are happening which Breaking Bad and The Good Place, I think you guys have over Avatar The Last Airbender. Avatar The Last Airbender might be slightly more uh, purposeful on its steps because it's animation, it has a long lead time. Uh, I know I definitely liked watching Sozin's Comet as a a two-hour event because I think up until then, 
we had had very little Avatar on television. They just like took a break and they're like, we need to finish the second half of the third season. We'll be back eventually. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I really like this sort of two. I like I, I like Ozymandias being like the beginning of the peak and then us debating the finale episode as maybe something that didn't need to have the peak. And I like that your Good Place episode is almost entirely uh, epilogue to the quote-unquote solution of The Good Place, mm -hmm. which comes, I think, one episode before right. the actual finale. And I think... Mine's the only one, I think, that has the the end of the story climax in the actual episode, but it's because it chains four episodes together and calls it one. Right, that's right, it's four. Um, the... <clears throat> So I think that The Good Place does really well that like um, famously before the Mary Tyler Moore show did is build build a plot reason for all of your characters to say goodbye so that they're mm -hmm. goodbye within the plot. Because in the Mary Tyler Moore show, sort of famously, that station is being closed down. And so the like the very famous ending of the Mary Tyler Moore show is like a group hug of like these people who have been working together throughout the entire series and they shuffle over and get the Kleenex and shuffle back over. And it's a very famous TV moment. And so this idea that The Good Place built into its story a mechanism where each character got to decide in their own time when it was time for them to leave and everyone sits around and says goodbye to them. And it's not like, it's not a corny like clip show forced sort of thing. It's just a very organic now we're going to pause and we're going to do an EDM concert for Jason Mendoza. And now we're going to pause and Chidi gets to like go to various European countries. And I'm pretty sure they actually went to France and Greece. So like, thank you, NBC money. Nice. Um, you know, <laughs> and like, and the ultimate, this ultimate move for Ted Danson's character where he gets to discover what it's like to be a human. And the fact that the whole series, series ends with him finally getting to say, take it sleazy as like a human joke that he's always wanted to say, like that's how the good place ends um, is such a beautiful, beautiful thing. So I, I, I think it's, you know, um, I mean, we're going to talk guys, we're going to talk about lost. Okay. So I'm, sure. I'm, I'm tired of like <laughs> dancing around it, but lost has that too, where it's an entire final season has built into it these like staggered goodbyes or staggered moments for characters that all gear up to a big goodbye that we all get to be a part of as a as a fandom. And so I think that idea of like a goodbye built in like with with Avatar the Last Airbender, a wonderful show, the Aang gang is just going to keep on ganging like into the future. And we know that because there've been comic books and, and Korra and all this sort of stuff like that. So we're not, we're seeing the end of this conflict, but not the end or a goodbye necessarily like for this team. Right. Um, and with Breaking Bad, we're seeing the death of a guy like that's mm -hmm. happening. And, and like the, the big goodbye, I mean, there's like the Skylar Walt confrontation, the big goodbye being the, moment you mentioned between Jesse and Walt, which is like a mm. grim nod more than anything else. Right. But I'm not like feeling emo I, I get a little emotional with Last Airbender. It's true. But like I've I am like a complete wreck thinking about saying goodbye to these characters I like on the good place and also thinking about like what it's going to be like to say goodbye to my own life. How did an NBC sitcom pull that off? I don't know, but they did. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, they made it about death, and the Neils is also sort of about it, like some death at least. But like that, that seems to be like if you take any story long enough, 
it ends in death. That doesn't seem fair for the good place, Did you obviously, just watch because the that's Sandman how it starts. This weekend, Dave, by any chance? <laughs> is that in the Sandman? Yeah, yeah then probably. <laughs> I would say you guys might have, you know, better gut punches, but I would say like part of the benefit of my finale is my characters live and their kids. They have like their entire <laughs> lives ahead of them. Yeah, it's probably good they didn't kill off all those kids. Um but, you know, it's really hard for me to say anything bad about the Good Place finale because it's a really good one. <laughs> and just thinking about it gets me a little... There are some finales that, you know, I swell up with the, you know, the emotion that I remember having. The emotion I remember having when Jesse drives off at the end of Breaking Bad and Walt is touring the lab and we get that amazing needle drop is this sense of like oh, wow, they really did it. They really finished what I thought was going to be one of the most difficult shows to close the book on, right? Because how do you close the book on this all-time anti-hero and stay true to the fact that we're not, like, glamorizing what Walter White did. Like, we don't need Walt to have a happy ending, but we do want to see his story sort of play out to the end. And I think it gives us that it goes out just like the good place does goes out doing something that the show conditioned us to know that it does really well, right. To it dropping its last perfect needle with guess I got what I deserved and my baby blue <laughs> playing over that perfect final shot. Um, I would like to track how often Neil wins by singing, like if right? the singing helps your stats <laughs> on this show, Neil. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 the Walt apology slash revenge tour and then going out doing one of the great Breaking Bad things, which is drop the needle, give us a profound, slow peel back of Walt dying on the floor. So I appreciate the shows that, you know, do their best stuff right there at the end. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really having a trouble coming up with anything for the good place. Uh, that's that's not great. It's it's one of those very cathartic sort of you just sort of easy breezy right to the end you're having this emotional release right um i don't know if i remember that about avatar the last airbender again because when i first watched uh the last airbender we did it together actually when we got to the end it was like all right we can start cora now like that that finale is great i think if i had been watching last airbender when it was airing and had seen that finale i it might stick out a little bit more to me but it's you know it's a great episode tv Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Should we do our listener submissions? I suppose now it's time to talk about Lost <laughs> uh, and two other submissions. But let's have Neil kick it off. Sure. With the, the, the thing. The thing that uh, we've been teasing. Uh, my choice comes from our listener, Mitch, who says the following. Keeping the Lindelof streak alive. My pick for the best finale of all time has to be Lost. While divisive at the time, the show pioneered how fandom can engage with TV content, coinciding with the rise of online message boards and social media. No show before uh, ever allowed us to dive as deep into the mysteries of the Hatch, the Dharma Initiative, 
Initiative and Richard's Eyeliner, or lack thereof. Good <laughs> clarification. As for the finale, it was an emotionally cathartic way to tie up what made the show itself so special. No, not the week-to-week mystery, but the characters and relationships themselves. Hearing Jack's dad say this uh, hit us all in the feels. The most important part of your life was the time you spent with these people. Nobody does it alone, Jack. He might as well have been talking about the show. We loved Hurley, Jack, Kate, Sawyer, Saeed, and even somehow Locke at the end. Wow, shots fired. Uh, (laughs) It was an incredibly hard plane to land, pun intended, but they absolutely did it in the best way possible to give the characters the emotional send-off they deserved. TV has never been the same since Lost, and the finale sealed that deal for me in every way. Excellent stuff, Mitch. And I have prepared a clip uh, a little little extended version of Jack and his dad talking, and we're going to let Michael Giacchino make everybody cry. Let's hit it, Carlos. Where are we, Dad? This is the place that you, that you all made together so that you could find one another. The most important part of your life was the time that you spent with these people. That's why all of you are here. Nobody does it alone, Jack. You needed all of them, and they needed you. For what? To remember. And to let go. We're just moving on, friends. It's really it's it's about Jack learning to let go. <laughs> and you know, I I hate to see him go out the doors of that church, but I loved watching him leave. <laughs> so yeah, there you have it. Some some from the end. Uh, I mean, as we've been talking about, perhaps one of the most divisive shared experiences we had during the century watching television. But I've come around. I mean, obviously, we did a whole podcast about Lost. Um, and uh, the end of Lost is good, friends. <laughs> uh, all right. I uh, will go next and uh, because I've done the thing where, once again, I, I picked one where the characters go on, man. And you know who agrees with me over here? It's Peter, who writes, It's indisputable. Friday Night Lights always is the single greatest piece of television ever. He's going all in, Peter. The stakes are higher than they've ever been. The East Island Lions have one shot to win state before being formally retired. Coach and Tammy are at a crossroads, and Matt makes a life-altering decision. Over the course of the hour-long miracle of an episode, we get some of the best scenes the show has ever produced. Tammy asks Coach when it's going to be her turn. Tim Riggins builds a house, and the final football game turns turns wildly emotional thanks to the stellar score. And how does said football game end? The most incredible feat this great episode pulls off is aligning the end of the game entirely, jumping forward in time as the game-winning touchdown pass spirals through the air, with everyone eagerly looking on in a combination of joy, fear, hope, and wonder. In the coda that follows, we see that everything turned out to be all right, with reminders that there's life outside of football. There's the people we share space with, people who will stay with us forever. And as everyone goes their separate ways after winning state, some to the military, some to other teams, some to Pennsylvania, they will always have their state ring. Texas forever. Here's a clip. Mom Racing, what you want for Christmas? Oh, your daddy's going to love that. It's Mom Racing. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. Get a picture now. 
Santa Claus. My hands are shaking now. All right, All right. We got it. We got it. Okay, we got it. Thank you, Santa Claus. Sweet girl. I'll talk to you real quick. Oh, no, you scared me half to death. Is everything okay? You're supposed to be on your way to state. What's going on? I turned the contract down. It's your turn. I want to go to Philadelphia. Really, babe? Would you take me to Philadelphia with you, please? Coach is so good at being wrong. <laughs> Coach Taylor, legendary wife guy. Oh, God. <laughs> I was like, please don't let it be the it's your turn clip because I was just getting over crying over the lost clip. And then it was. Yeah, I tried to give you as much space, but, but now you got to pick your submission. All right. Um, thank you for going before me while I recovered from Chikino. All right. Uh, I'm going with Kayla's submission here. And Kayla wrote, um, I feel like I need to represent a show that likely won't come up otherwise. My choice for best TV series finale is Fleabag. Not only was season two a perfect season of television, but the finale left me in tears after Fleabag and Hot Priest finally admit that they love each other, which in itself is gut-wrenching. They say their goodbyes and part ways. But Fleabag also breaks the fourth wall and parts ways with us, the viewer. It's a perfect ending for both the character and the show. Throughout the series, she uses her asides to the viewer as a coping mechanism and her ability to close the door on that coping mechanism leaves you feeling like she'll be okay. Also, her sister Claire saying she'd only run through the airport for her sister gets me every time. The hilarious, heartbreaking, and hopeful ending gives you everything you want to get out of a show and its conclusion. Here is one of the worst things I've ever heard uh, in a good way between Fleabag and the Hot Priest in the Fleabag finale. I love you. It'll pass. Uh, see you Sunday? <laughs> I'm joking, you're never ever allowed in my church again. <laughs> I love you too. It'll pass is one of the worst things I've ever heard <laughs> in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man. here's here's why I picked Fleabag over like Lost and Friday Lights and like a number of the other things are way more obvious not in a bad way but like classic obvious finales but I think what Phoebe Waller-Bridge did in Fleabag a two season sort of perfect jewel box of a series um, especially in that second season is give us a, somehow a new twist on a will they won't like we've seen so much television at this point mm -hmm. we thought the will they won't they was so played out and she gave us this love story that ends like even up to, to that final episode i was like well surely well, okay well great he's gonna leave the church and they're gonna have joyous sex forever right and she's like no that's not how this story goes and it is such a twist and the fact that that by twist, I mean like twist of the knife, not like what a twist, but like the fact that that really hard ending comes and then almost immediately after she does what Kayla mentions here, which is she basically silently tells the camera to go away with a smile uh, is such a beautiful, perfect arc for this hot mess of a woman that we met two seasons ago. Um I think it's so strong. It'll pass. Oh my God. I'll never, I'll never get over it. I'll never get over it. Yeah. I, I mean, Fleabag is probably the one out of these. Well, we'll talk about Lost in a second, but Fleabag, I remember being one that sort of wrecked me uh, as a finale, but it's also, 
a finale that I I have trouble sort of distinguishing, like pulling the finale away from the rest of the show, right? It's this, like Joanna said, this perfect jewel box of like two seasons of this incredible TV show um, that just sort of all sort of runs together, except obviously... <laughs> I do remember the scene with the sister having the sister, right. Having right. Her sister Claire sort of come around at the end is is just wild in that show because I did not see that one coming. Fleabag's a tough one. Friday night lights, obviously big fan favorite, but I really feel kind of like the, the guy in that debate me meme. I'm just going to sit here at my table (laughs) and say, (laughs) my listener pick is lost. Good luck (laughs) telling me that that's not uh, at least part of the answer uh, for this debate. Lindelof streak. <laughs> I mean, um, I mean, fewer. I I would say that there are few finales out there that have our feelings about them have evolved quite as much as as Lost. Like the collective our. feeling, yeah, the, <laughs> the sort of collective vibe around it. I'm not sure that that's the case. I mean, I'm I'm not going to disagree. And if Lost sure. ends up our listener pick, I am thrilled. Um, but. I think there is like a core uh, mm-hmm. bit of core change in in the Lost uh, fandom how they regard the finale, but broadly, Lost is still brought up as the primary example of bad finale. <laughs> like true, he, not even Game of Thrones half diminished its like luster right? in that argument. I disagree with it, but it like Lost that finale is still like very famously hated. Yeah, People this are is dumb, one of the but, reasons you know. why I was also a little bit nervous about Lost because, to some extent, I don't want to know what people think. <laughs> uh, whether this I, is, I don't want this to be my listener pick that gets through and only makes eight percent of the vote. I don't think the Knights of Neil would let that happen to our friends, the listeners. But it is, you know, it's a little nerve wracking. Okay. Damon, Damon won by a lot last week. That's He's true. I, I'm probably more worked up about it than uh, Damon would be. <laughs> Uh, Dave? <laughs> Here's something interesting about the Lost finale. It's at the end of the final season, half of which deals with an entire universe that they don't tell us what it is until that moment in the Lost finale. So yeah, it's great, but is it the show-capping tour de force, or is it a very good way to end a very weird season? Like, there, if you were, there's an argument to be made that in Lost, the incident happens and then everything else happens, uh, which I wouldn't, you know, knock as a way right. as approaching the, the series. The Lost actually ended one season. This is like the, the folks who believe that Breaking Bad ended two seasons or two exactly. episodes before the finale. There, there are places where you could you could <laughs> take the climax and you could be like, that was good enough for me um, and away you go. And I, know that, you that's, don't be- that's I, know, I know you don't believe what you're saying. I know that you, <laughs> like Neil and I, have watched... Juliet and Sawyer in front of a vending machine touch hands and remember each other. Like, I know mm-hmm. you watched that. And been I know you watched, destroyed by it. Yeah. I, I mean, know you watched Ben tell us he wasn't ready to move on and go into the church yet. I know you've watched Jack and Locke hug and us actually care about it. I know you watched all of that. I know you did. It's true. I, well, Honestly, yeah, there's... but it also sounds like Mitch thinks that, you know, we even care about Locke at the end. So maybe everybody <laughs> doesn't feel the same way as me. <laughs> I think there's a there's sort of a flip side to that argument, right? Where it's like, sure, this is the end of what is uh, sort of like a chaotically structured season of television. <laughs> 
but this is also the moment where the flash sideways comes together and makes sense in the end. And I think for me, that was why I was one of the people who enjoyed the lost finale the first time around more than it seemed like people oh, around okay, me. Because <laughs> it did feel like it actually made season six sort of like the weirder stuff of season six uh, worth it. You know, all the stardusty stuff. Here's what I'm worried about. <laughs> Every time we go into a four-pole debate where it's Dave picks something and everybody else picks a year with a Batman in it, or in this case, everyone else picks a finale where everyone dies, I, I, I lose those. I lose those really badly. Um, so, like, I, I would love to do Lost, but isn't it just walking through the door into energy, Joanna? How, wouldn't you be doubling up? Wouldn't you be splitting no, this your would energy hurt, vote? this would definitely hurt my case if mm-hmm. we put Lost up against the good place. It would definitely hurt me. Yes. But I mean, I love the Friday Night Lights finale. And I love uh, one of the reasons I love it is I was uh, at the time I was still working at Pajiba and uh, Pajiba.com and editor in chief Pajiba.com. Dustin Rolls and I had an argument where he was like, Tammy, Tammy and coach are breaking up. And I was like, fuck you. No, they're not. <laughs> coach is going to do the right thing. And he was like, no, you know, men are men. And then like <laughs> last season of the episode is coach just sitting with his divorce papers in the bench of the, the courthouse. Like, That's not the show we've been watching, man. So when he like goes to the mall and, and tells Tammy it's her turn. Yeah, it's a huge moment. And then I also like, as as Peter brought up, the fact that after this show about football, we sort of just, and then the football game ended and everybody was fine, yeah. uh, which I appreciate. I don't think Matt Saracen and Julie should have gotten married, but that's okay. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, a lot of them made bad decisions, but it's fine. They're going to continue on. Life goes on. Tim Riggins is going to live in that house for a while. Texas forever. And he gets sucked to Mars. Texas, and we know how that works Texas out. Texas for, for at least a little while longer. <laughs> Texas <laughs> for at least a little while longer. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I think we have to put Lost. I think we have to be true to ourselves and put Lost in the poll mm-hmm. and, and watch the ringer people who don't know us at all lose their minds yeah. vote for breaking bad oh man we're gonna okay yeah all i right. mean i also the, all right one more point in lost's favor would be that it would be very difficult to get through all this debate and not have some sort of damon lindelof ending in the mix right it might the better one might be the one that we're not talking about which uh I just the watch the Leftovers but... finale sometimes. Just when I'm feeling low, yeah. <laughs> I watch the Leftovers finale. I think it's so good. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I think Lost, Lost will be a good uh, back and forth for the poll. There's a great Leftovers um, joke in the Good Place finale where Maya Rudolph's character says she's been watching the Leftovers and she says something like, when I found out that Carrie Coon never got nominated for an Emmy. And it's just like... <laughs> You know, it's just creators who love each other talking to each other through their shows. And then she also shows up wearing an East Dillon uh, Panthers t-shirt later on as well. So Maya Rudolph, the judge in The Good Place, TV connoisseur, peak right. TV connoisseur, Maya she Rudolph. She would crush this debate. Yeah, she would. Oh, so then do we pick Fleabag because it's not represented in The Good Place? No, we pick Lost. <laughs> All right. Lost it is. Congratulations, Mitch. You are the fourth candidate and you will be joining our three candidates, which we will now make concluding arguments for. Each person is going to get around one interrupted minute and we get to go in reverse, which means I get to go first this time. 
Listeners of the podcast, I know what happens when you get to this point. You've made your decision. You're mad at us already. Just sit down, relax. We're all friends here. If you've seen all of these shows, you know I have the right answer. I'm looking forward to your three votes. I love that. That's like a Joanna ending. Uh, Neil? Um, let's see here. How do I convince you to vote for Breaking Bad and not Lost? I don't know if I can. Vote with your hearts on this one. There's three chances to vote. At least one of them should be Breaking Bad because it's an all-time banger finale. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad if you voted for Lost as well. Here's another message of the Good Place finale that I think is really important. Um, the the message of the Lost finale is like, you know, these people that you spent time with are some of the most important moments of your life, the thing you shared with people. And I think that's a beautiful meta narrative of TV viewership. Uh, what the Good Place in this structure that it builds in, that there's an afterlife and then where you get anything you want and then you decide to move on even further after that and just dissolve into energy. The point they're making there is that things are only good because they end. You can have heaven, but eventually heaven is only good because it is finite and because it ends. And that is such a beautiful meta grace note uh, to end this finale with. It's like, yeah, shows could go on and on forever, but isn't it better to do four strong seasons or three and a half strong seasons, the case of The Good Place, and then end it. And that ending is what makes the whole thing feel so strong and worth doing in the first place. Not only that, but mine also has a giant blue floating Jason Manzuka's head. So vote for The Good Place finale. <laughs> Pulling out the biggest guns at the end there. Manzuka's. <laughs> Uh, all right, that is going to do it. I just had to remember that we uh, already picked our fourth as Lost. It's just Lost and the Good Place really blended together. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> sorry, I got to undercut your I got the last argument and decided to bring up It's About the Ending. Uh, all right, find our poll for the best TV series finale on TheRinger.com, on at Ringer on Twitter, and in the Spotify app where you find Trial by Content. You choose the winner, and we'll announce it next week but next week we might be coming at you at a different day. Neil, what's going on? Yeah, next week we're uh, beginning what I like to call an 11-week trek back to Westeros. <laughs> uh, we, here on this Trial by Content feed, we are going to continue debating. Um, but for the next uh, 11 weeks, which includes next week's full debate and then 10 weeks of discussion diving deep talking book spoilers debating who should be kissing i'm sure at some point uh we're going to be covering house of the dragon as part of uh, trial by content so brace for that change next week specifically we're going to kick it off by reimmersing ourselves into the world of ice and fire and we will be debating what is the best episode of Game of Thrones. I am speaking, of course, of the eight season long HBO series, Game of Thrones. I'm sure you've heard of it at this point. Are you a long nighter? Are you a hard homer? Are you a iron, iron throner? <laughs> <laughs> so choose your favorite to, uh, to, of course, advocate for and send those picks and a few sentences of support trial by content at gmail.com you can also submit suggestions for future trial by content topics and if you have been uh jonesing for the opinions of the three of us on a world of ice and fire show and you have questions heading into house of the dragon 
You can also send those and we will collect them and answer them as we uh, see fit. It's a very exciting adventure. We're all, I, I think we're all going to just be jumping on, on the back of our favorite dragon and riding into the next 11 weeks of, uh, of fun. It's going to be, it's going to be good times. It's going to be good. We're going to start coming to you on Thursdays and it's, I'm really looking forward to changing the format now that I've suffered my biggest loss. This is going to work out great for me. (laughs) (laughs) There are no wrong answers for the best episode of Game of Thrones, except for Unbound, Unbound, Unbroken. That's that's all I have to say about that. No, submit that one. Maybe we'll throw it in the poll. One person is going to submit that one. You know what they say about (laughs) chaos. It's a ladder. We're going to see you next week. Climb that ladder. Uh, This episode was produced by Carlos Jerobova. 